they said, hello, GoCast Chris and GoCast Kyle and insert special guest host here. Not this week. No. Maybe soon, though. I'm hoping next week. <laughs> I think we have a plan. I think. Plans sometimes fall through, you know. That's true. Maybe. <laughs> Mitch, that was not personal. <laughs> <laughs> tuned into the GoCast podcast, your one-stop shop for updates, news, tips, and community in the world of Pokemon Go. Thank you for listening. A new sweepstakes gives trainers the chance to turn their next Alola into Aloha. A new event begins this week that's sure to sustain you. Quit monkeying around. Unless, of course, you're the latest Pokemon debut. If you walk the walk this upcoming Community Day, Niantic will talk the talk and plant some trees. And more on this episode of GoCast. Hello and welcome to the GoCast podcast, episode 188. It's April 19th, yet another Tuesday evening. I'm your host, Chris, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Kyle. Hiya. Hey, Kyle, how you doing? I'm doing okay. Yeah, doing just okay. O- just okay, man. Yep. Last week you said okay, and you had caught like six shinies in one hour or something <laughs> I, like that. I'm pretty sure I said good last week. Oh, okay. That's pretty sure I, I did. I have to adjust my scale of of just adjectives for you. <laughs> Great is a perfect 10, yeah. and okay is a zero. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, before we get started here, shout out to a brand new patron of ours. Thank you so much, Mox618. It's great to see you in the Discord already, hanging out, chatting, and uh, we're looking forward to hanging out in there with you. So again, thanks very much, and we'll talk more about Patreon and patronage at the end of the show. All right, Mr. Kyle, as is customary for us we're actually back in the saddle. We both set goals last week, and you and I both showed up the next week. Within a week. It's actually exactly seven days. I'm not used to this much consistent structure anymore, Kyle. This is we're gonna be spoiled, man. Like <laughs> but we set some goals last week, and uh, let me remind you of, of what we set. Uh, participate in the execute day. Yeah, okay. Alrighty. Uh the go battle day. Did you participate in that one as well? I did. 400,000 XP. I did. Sweet. Yeah. How much did uh, we end up getting from the go battle day thing? I ended up doing the whole thing as well. It was 25 is. <laughs> I'm going to sit here and let Chris struggle for a second. Was it like 55,000 total? What was yeah, it? It's it something like that. It was 7,500 times four and then plus 25,000. So yeah, that's what it was. Over 50,000 for the the research. It was over 50,000. And then he used a lucky egg and it was double, right? Yes. Booyah, baby. That was awesome. So good for you. And a 60% win rate. I bullied you into setting that goal last week. How'd it go? I did do that. I got like 62%. I did not do very much, though. I was very bored, unfortunately. <laughs> I, I try to like go bad league. It just is too slow for me. I think I did three sets, something like yeah. that. You had messaged me at some point in time. And you said, man, uh, these sets are not going my way right now. Yeah. So yeah, I definitely I finished with like 62 percent when I won like, you know, 11 out of 16 or something like that. And my last set was a one and four. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just done because apparently yeah. I'm just 
getting bodied right now. So you were at like a 70% win rate and it brought you down or something like that. Yeah. Oh, man, tragic. Well, hey, you know, it's not tragic. Three out of four. That's pretty good, man. Good for you. <laughs> for myself, I wanted to hatch 50 eggs. Last week, I hatched like 78, something like that, 79. Uh, walked 25 kilometers. I think I got 21.2. I was just a hair under. Um, I was just a hair under. And the execute research day as well. I actually did it while I was kind of in transit. I only had about 30 minutes of that. So I had plans during this period of time. I completely forgot about um, went out and, and flew the drone at a nice park with some buddies. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, this research is happening right now. This event's happening. So I did some tasks and that was fun. I participated for about 30 minutes. Not the whole thing, but that counts. Right, Kyle? Do I have your blessing? Did you get any shiny eggs? No, not a single shiny egg, but I did evolve to alone executors to get Draco Meteor. Okay. Does that qualify as participation? I, I think that qualifies. I'm disappointed in myself that I didn't make the six that I said I would lambast people about this week, but here we are. <laughs> uh, and the Ula Ula research, that one is finished as well. So good job me, except not really. So I also had a three out of four, Kyle. That's a tie. That's a tie. You keep your half of the belt and I'll keep mine. Or do you want to swap just to make it difficult? Let's do I it. I don't want to swap. We're too far away for that. Do you think people actually think we have a belt? <laughs> I bring it up often enough and you just go along with the joke. I, you know, I don't understand. What are you talking about? It's mounted. It's mounted behind me. You can't see our cameras, but it's there. It's true. It's there. Absolutely. All right, Mr. Kyle, we have quite a few things to talk about this week. Not as much as last week because we don't have three weeks to cover. Uh, but I am still excited to hop right in. So without further ado, let's hop into the news. Yo, what up? It's the news. Okay, first things first. Sustainability Week 2022. When is this event happening? This is a new event, by the way. There's no like contextual flavor text at the beginning of this post. And I was like, huh, what to say about Sustainability Week? And, and actually, I think we'll read through it and then say some things at the end because... A key highlight of one event that I always look forward to every single summer is repeated in this. And that makes me a little bit nervous. So I'm excited <laughs> to hear what you might think about it, Kyle, or interested rather, because I don't want to have my heart broken. <laughs> but when is Sustainability Week? It's starting Wednesday, April 20th at 10 a.m. to Monday, April 25th at 8 p.m. local time. That is starting tomorrow as of this recording. Pokemon debut. We are getting Oranguru or Oranguru, whatever you want to say. I believe Oranguru is the correct pronunciation. The Sage Pokemon makes its Pokemon Go debut. If you don't know what uh, Oranguru is, it's uh, it's an orangutan with like a vest on. And he's got like a big leaf fan. He's cool. Yeah. And an additional debut for the first time in Pokemon Go, you'll be able to encounter shiny Cheruby if you're lucky. Uh, I was not excited about this shiny announcement. <laughs> I, sent, I sent a picture of it to Kyle when we saw the text. And I was like, man, I feel a little disrespected right now. <laughs> yeah. I just have a personal thing against Cherim. It's not even poor Cherubi's fault. Oh, man. Uh, but complete timed research during community day and we'll plant trees. Saturday, April 23rd at 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. local time. During this period, there will be timed research available. Each phase will require you to adventure one kilometer. 
and doing so will earn you an encounter with Cherubi. During the entire day of April 23rd, 2022, for every trainer who adventures five kilometers during Community Day, Niantic will plant a tree up to 100,000 trees. So get exploring. That's a, a very cool, a very cool thing. Collection Challenge, a nature-inspired collection challenge is coming. Complete it to contribute to your Elite Collector Medal. I love that medal. And earn an encounter with Meganium and 15 Great Balls. Two of the Pokemon you'll need to catch, Gloom and Weepin' Bell, will only appear when you use a Mossy Lure module. But good news about that, by the way, a bundle with a Mossy Lure module will be available at no cost in the in-game shop throughout the event. Slight deviation from the posted blog uh, that's out there. The blog currently, as of this time, says that the uh, collection challenge gives you a Mossy Lure module and 15 Great Balls. It's been confirmed with Niantic. Um, and the current build live for some other folks around the world that have this going on right now. It is Meganium and not a Mossy Lure module, but you do get it in the, the free bundle. So further to this event, wild encounters throughout is Oddish, Grimer, Turtwig, Grottle, Cherubi, Trubbish, Pharisee, Oranguru, Oranguru, I don't even know anymore, Venusaur, Phantom. Uh, this is going to be great. Trubbish, don't forget to catch all that Trubbish for that extra Stardust. That's fantastic. Phantom. A little rare, to be honest with you. I saw one the other day and text Kyle about it. That's how excited I was. That should be noted. The text says, if you're lucky, you'll find a phantom. Oh, yes. That was that was partnered with Venusaur. Yeah. <laughs> so there you so go. So it's not like I don't expect to be catching a bunch of phantom this time around. Right. But right. But it is the rare is there. It is rare. I think it, it would be probably bumped up from its normal, regular, extremely rare spawn chance that gets slightly boosted at night, which you and I still think might be a myth. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it might be more like 2% instead of half a percent. You know, mm -hmm. who knows? We don't know the numbers. We're just speculating. Any other um, spawns in here popping out to you? Trubbish and, and Phantom are kind of it for me. Besides Cherubi. I like Pharaoh Seed. I still would like the shiny. And it's just a it's just a Pokemon that I really like, even though it doesn't have a, a ton of uses. Yeah. It's also really neat when the soul debut is just out in the wild free to get. Yeah. And it's not a rare spawn. At least they haven't said it's a rare spawn. I haven't seen the discussion yet from the other side of the world. So mm -hmm. Yeah, plenty to get excited about, uh, depending on what you're targeting. So get out there and, and take a look. Eggs are changing, but not the two kilometer pool this time. It's seven kilometers. What? Alolan Diglett, Larvitar, Cherubi, and Orangaru are going to be in seven kilometer eggs. Both exciting and not uh. exciting at the same time. I'm not sure I could use less Alolan Diglett in my life, but the other three, fine, I guess. This would be okay with me if they'd done the crazy thing and released the shiny with the Pokemon. Mm. I don't want to hatch an Oranguru or an Guru from an egg. I'm going to be catching them in the wild. Like, <laughs> no, please. How about you and I right now, by the way? What what are we going to say? Is it Oranguru or Oranguru? And then next week, we'll find out that the one we chose out of a coin flip was wrong. I, I personally have always said Oranguru. Mm -hmm. But then you said Oranguru, and I'm like, 
Oh no, those both could be right. <laughs> yeah, because no. orange berries are a thing, and guru—it's supposed to be guru. That's kind guru. of its thing. So, yeah, but uh, but I also know that orang from orangutan is like that. So oranguru, uh, Pokemon. Why do you do this to me? Uh, I personally think it's oranguru, but I will not be surprised to find if I'm wrong. I'm gonna say oranguru in honor of you. Okay, okay. okay. you're welcome. So if, if I'm wrong. It's only my fault. Is that how that yes, works? Yes, exactly. Thank you. <laughs> okay. You've been gifted the responsibility of this. <laughs> uh, attracted to mossy lure modules, besides the ones that were uh, pointed out for the collection challenge, uh, you're also going to attract Gloom, Weeping Bell, Chikorita, Grottle, Cherubi, Sibwaddle, Alolan Diglett, Blossom, and Ninkata. Ninkata's rare. And so is Blossom, I believe. Uh, her field research tasks encounters include Turtwig, Cherubi, Snivy, Trubbish, Chespin, and Phantump. That's a good way to guarantee a Phantump if you can hunt the task instead, especially if somebody tells you what's around. Complete certain field research tasks, turn Mega Energy for the following Pokemon. Venusaur and Abomasnow will be out for tasks. Uh, you know how these work. It's like 20 energy. It's great. Bonus. Times two bonus experience for spinning the Pokestop for the first time. And now this is where, like, when I'm reading this, I'm like, hold up. <laughs> That's Adventure Week. What are you doing? Yeah. I love Adventure Week. If you don't know what Adventure Week is, we've gotten it every single other year so far, correct? And I don't know about um, pandemic. I don't remember. I don't remember if we did it last hmm. year. Um, but before last year, maybe even the year before, it was a rather consistent event. It was a rock type Pokemon event themed, and it was kind of focused around this bonus right here. Times two bonus experience for Spain at Pokestop for the first time. And there were stories of people leveling like from like a new character from like one to 30 in like two hours in a new city, just spinning stops. Yeah. It, I mean, it's worth noting. It's you, when they've done in the past, it's more than a two times bonus. I believe the last time that we were like really excited about it, it was a 10 times bonus. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Um, I 200 experience, I think for a new stop, if you've never spun, spun it before. If off the top of my head, it actually might be 250. It's, I think it's 250 because it's 25 for a non-new, right? It's 50 for a non-new. 50? Okay. Yeah. So maybe it's 200 for new and then you get your standard 50 anyways. Either way, you were getting like 2,000 plus experience per stop. 2,500 to be in fact. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm just saying if it was at least 2,000 and then yeah. 50. I don't, I don't remember the exact numbers. You know, people we knew, even the hardcore people were driving an hour away to go to a new town they'd never played at before just to spin the stops because it was so much experience. Now, that being said, is that a sustainable practice? Of course not. There's only so many new places you can go within a reasonable distance to spin Pokestops for a mobile game. But at the same time, it was kind of nice. And and I didn't really realize until you pointed it out now because I was just sort of caught up in it. But yeah, it is a much lesser version of that bonus. So perhaps in this context, they're just using it to encourage people to get out and, you know, yeah. go, I, right? I like it as a bonus. The problem is it's it's a one-time bonus. So seeing a, you know, two times experience is kind of not a great feeling as somebody who's been around a long time who has seen a higher bonus. Yeah. You know, we're going to be in Chicago later this week. And I'm, I was thinking, oh, man, stops I haven't spun there. And I'm like, wait, I've actually already played that area. I'd have to go out of my way. But still, <laughs> I'm not interested in going out of my way just for two times experience in this case. I can tell you, by the way, that there are several, several, several new stops, even the area we have played since I'm we sure. played there. Yeah, it's been sure. a couple of years, you know, so 
Yeah, but yeah, that's the uh, that's the event for Sustainability Week. It's pretty cool. So get out there on Saturday, anytime during the day. Try to get five kilometers in and try to make sure that it actually gets tracked on your app if you are interested in, uh, you know, getting Niantic to plant a tree. That's very, very cool. Oh, yeah, and grass Pokemon, the debut, the eggs, whatever. But this is Ugh. about real life trees. Come on. Okay. That, that, oh, come on. Come on. This is like the Ultra Unlock. Niantic is planting the trees regardless of what happens. I suppose post so but it is nice to feel like i had some agency in it yes for sure but yeah and that's what i'm promoting here <laughs> it's a sense of community <laughs> the, the real one is make sure you claim your time research after each kilometer don't walk mm-hmm. three kilometers like chris will and then claim one and then yes. have to walk four more and also the only reason that i would have opened it the second time is because Kyle said, Hey, it's been three kilometers. Have you checked this recently? There's and definitely like, been a couple community days where I'm like, Chris, did you do the special research? And he's like, no, but it's like, like two hours in hour four. And I'm on step two. I'm like, Oh <laughs> yeah. yeah. When I play alone without you, dude, that, that is like a last minute thing. Oh my God. <laughs> I can't, I can't handle one it. day. One day you will miss it. And you're like, Kyle, guess what? No, dude, I, I have the fear of Arceus in me that I'm not going to finish it. You know how I feel about that list. So anyway, uh, we have one more piece of news here, and it is different than normal. Uh, when a trip to Hawaii in celebration of Stuffle Community Day. Trainers were celebrating Stuffle Community Day and the season of Alola by holding a sweepstakes with a trip to Hawaii as the grand prize. In addition to the grand prize, you can enter to win a tropical-themed in-game outfit. Plus, if certain Twitter retweet milestones are reached, trainers will be able to receive in-game shop items beginning on Stuffle Community Day. So how to enter? Follow the official Pokemon Go Twitter and retweeting the sweepstakes tweet gets you entered. Pretty simple. Grand prize, trip for two to Hawaii. Tropical-themed avatar outfit set. In honor of Sustainability Week, Niantic will also provide opportunities for the winners to work with sustainable organizations in Hawaii during their visit. So... Uh, I don't know what that means that we're going to go like do, do some environmental work or know. are we going to like a museum and learning about it? I don't know. I mean, either would be pretty neat, but I could see some people being like, why would I want a vacation where I'm going to go work? Right. That's <laughs> what I was thinking. Like, what, what are you guys doing? And I understand that this isn't exactly posed as a vacation. It's just more like a trip, but I feel like that's how most people are going to take it, you know? Yeah. But this could also just mean like you stay at a hotel that is uh, known for using sustainable products only, right? I don't know. Who knows what that means? Mm-hmm. But there's also the runner-up prizes of the tropical-themed Avatar outfit sets. If you didn't win the grand prize, you can still be one of 100 winners for that. Although I do have to say, and they have this listed in the article, which we would encourage you to go read, of course, like we always do. The tropical-themed outfit set is just comprised of pre-existing pieces that make up a rather tropical looking outfit. Good there are Lord. no new pieces in it. They'll just be <laughs> gifted to you. And they were saying in here too, in the small little fine print details that if you already own these, you won't get duplicates of them and you won't get replacements or, you know, substitution substitutions. You'll just not get the pieces that you already have. <laughs> Dang. So <laughs> at least it's clean, honest, straightforward. I mean, you don't have to do any work to enter, so it's whatever, I guess. Yeah. 
Um, but here are the retweet milestone rewards for all players. If there are enough retweets across participating languages by the start of Stuffle Community Day, the in-game shop will have a free box for all trainers that has rewards based on the retweet milestone achieved. If there's 10,000 retweets, it'll have one lure module in it. If it has 20,000 retweets, if there are 20,000 retweets, it'll be the lure module and the lucky egg. And for 30,000 retweets, it'll be the lure module, lucky egg, and a premium battle pass, which is a pretty sweet deal. I can almost guarantee you that that tweet is way beyond that 30,000 point. I don't know how many they normally get. I don't open Twitter. (laughs) Maybe once a month. Maybe once a month. Check the tweet right now and tell you. See, the question, the, the real question here is, did they pin it? They did pin it. Oh, I love it. Yeah, we're <laughs> at we're at 98.6 thousand uh, retweets right now. So I think I think we did it, Reddit. <laughs> we did it, Reddit. We sure did. We sure did. Anyway, that was a fun little Twitter aside. That's the end of the news section. So make sure you go retweet that tweet and follow their account um, and us too while you're at it, I guess. <laughs> but that's it for news. So Kyle, it's gear up time. What, what you got for us this week? So this week on gear up, I'm going to talk about something I don't normally talk about. I also don't really take part in shadow Pokemon more specifically the leaders right now, just cause it's a, a fun topic and we tend to avoid shadows overall, mostly cause I don't like them and it would be me talking about them. So <laughs> I don't know how Chris feels <laughs> though, at this point. You and I have similar opinions on it, although I have come to appreciate them quite a bit more in the last year and a half. I just I don't have anything against it. Ago. I don't have anything against it personally. It's just a chore hmm. to get to a leader. And let me tell you right now, as I'm doing level 44 as free to play, you know, I spent plenty of money on the game. I'm just not rocket radars. It's awful. I'm on like 27 out of 50 right now. Oy, oy. <laughs> so I've already finished the 100 grunts and I still have to purify like 21 more because I wasn't really paying attention. So that'll just happen. Look, I'm not going to talk about the rocket. I could talk about the rocket system and how to fix it at another time, but it's it needs to be fixed. Uh, full stop. Anyways, we're going to talk about leaders and what their shadow Pokemon are and if it's any good right now. First up, we have Cliff. He's got a shadow Cubone. It's it's bad. Like, it's it's bad. <laughs> oh, but like really, really quick, I do kind of want to throw this out here because we haven't talked about shadow Pokemon in a while. We have covered it because it's content, of course. But like Kyle said, we don't cover it too often because we're not a big fan. But for those of you that might be like newer or have started listening to the show recently or have started playing the game recently... Um, we're kind of assuming that you know that you know uh, six grunts and those components get you the radar and that takes you to a leader. But what isn't necessarily common knowledge is that the leaders will always drop their first lead Pokemon. Uh, those will rotate from time to time, and they have a, a chance to be shiny, which is not true of every grunt Pokemon as well. Rare occasion, like the execute we had for this last event, is an example of an exception, but I th- normally that's not the case. I believe this execute is actually the first and only example at the moment of it happening. Yeah. Well, besides uh, Jesse and James. Yeah. Yeah. There's been there's been moments like that, but those are like separate specific things. But they technically counted as grunts, I thought, for some quests. So I don't know, whatever. But the 
executes a good note because it, it sets a precedent in the future. We could see something. It's a cool feature for events, for sure. Mm-hmm. So wait a minute, that's a basic overview of what the leaders are if you have no idea what we're talking about. Sorry, Kyle, keep going. <laughs> but Cubone. Yeah. It's it's regular Cubone's already not very good anyways. Regular Marowak has some play in PvP when it's relevant, whatever cup may be happening or Sylph tournament. The problem is the real play for Marowak is Alola Marowak. Alola Marowak is good. Not like the best of the best, although in some cups it, it's very good. So Shadow Cubone could be really good if we get another event like this execute where maybe we get to evolve Cubone into Alolan Marowak. Ooh. I'd be for that. That'd be awesome. Yeah. So that gives this Cubone value in that regard if you really want to try and future-proof yourself. But that's that's a mighty big if. Next up, we have Arlo, and Arlo has eggs. He's got he's got six of them, and they can be shiny, but they can only evolve into a regular palm tree, not a really tall palm tree. Now, yeah, at the moment, but execute evolves into Executor Grass Psychic. It's actually pretty okay as a psychic type. It's pretty usable. The problem is psychic type is such a crowded typing especially in go and you know when your competition is mewtwo even you know, <laughs> regular mewtwo what are you what are you supposed to do if you want to it can be used it's pretty comparable it's it's near the top it's squishy as a shadow is but it's squishy as an execute in general mm-hmm. so if you really wanted to use it you could and the same thing goes for grass type as well it's good in terms of shadow grass types, although it doesn't compete with stuff like shadow Tangrowth or shadow Venusaur because it's just too dang squishy. So it's it's better than any non-shadow option except for Zarud, but it's also really glassy, so you want to try and dodge if you can, and I don't like to dodge. How about you, Chris? No, not really. <laughs> yeah. Next, we have Ciara, and she has Drowsy. Hypno has pretty much no use in PvE at all. It's just worse Alakazam, more or less. Shadow Hypno has some use in PvP, but regular Hypno is just kind of ranked better across the board, so I'm not really sure why you'd want to use a Shadow Hypno. Somebody could correct me if I'm wrong. I swore there was a cup where Shadow Hypno was the preferred one, but... I, I can't remember. believe that is the case normally, but I don't I, I've also checked lists since then and have always seen it ranked lower. I don't know if it's like implied it's ranked lower because it has, you know, less TDO because it takes more damage. But if you use it correctly, it has more potential. I don't know how that works. I don't know. I did check when I when I checked on PV poke shadow hypno and regular hypno are recommended different movesets. So maybe you're fulfilling oh. different roles. Or maybe it's just what's popular amongst I would usage. Love for somebody to explain to us how that diversification has happened for Hypno. That's yeah. fascinating. Yeah. So according to PV Poke, Shadow Hypno uses uh double punch. She's Thunder Fire Punch, and regular Hypno uses Shadow Ball Thunder Punch. So it's it's an interesting uh change there. Mm-hmm. So it has value, but not a whole lot overall. 
Speaking of value, next up we have Giovanni. He's got Shadow Latias. D- no, don't. It's, it's bad. Shadow Latias is objectively bad. It's worse than the pile of eggs we just talked about. <laughs> the shadow pile of eggs that we just talked about, just to be clear. Extremely worse than regular Mewtwo. And it's also worse than just about any non-shadow dragon. It doesn't have a single niche where it fills anything. Now, there's two things to be said about Shadow Latias. One, it's it's a collector piece. It, it's not even a dex filler for most people, probably. Mm-hmm. But it it's there. It exists to say you have it. And two, Megalatias does exist. Eventually. Not in Go, but still. So for the brief moment where Megalatias exists and like Mega Salamance doesn't, it might have some use. <laughs> so can, can you Mega Evolve Shadow Pokemon? Oh, you know what? You just you just made a great point. Fantastic. You cannot Mega Evolve Shadow Pokemon. I, I co- totally forgot about that in the moment. Did you, did you see my face contort and go to my phone? I was yeah, like, I, I was don't like, know. Wait, hang on. I totally, <laughs> I totally forgot. So, no, it's terrible. That's, you know what? Let's ignore my rant completely. It's, it's just absolutely awful. Maybe I won't even complete my Giovanni research right now. You never know. I think I'm waiting on a cliff right now. It's not showing up for me. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of a shame. I kind of wish that it could mega evolve. It would bring it like such an interesting more di- like a, a new dimension to it. It would bring even more value to the mega system. And I think that having a mega in a position where you think out loud to yourself, man, I'm getting value out of this is not something that happens to a lot of people. Nope. Like, you know, you want to have a mega evolved Pokemon that matches the type of the Pokemon you're catching for community for extra candies. That's, uh, that's the most I ever get out of the mega system personally. Yeah. And you want to bring one to a raid, especially if you're going to do a raid hour, it's nice to have one. But then at the same time, if you're not too um, organized with your group, then everybody's just going to bring their mega first and you're not getting too much benefit out of it outside of that one instead of staggering them. Mm-hmm. So, It'd be so cool if you could mega evolve and just get a little bit more out of it, especially if you really leaned into it. And because it's shadow, it costs like an arm and a leg worth of energy or something. That would be neat. Uh, But it makes sense why you can't. Bummer. Either way, Latias is not exciting. (laughs) No, no. There's the pile of eggs is probably the most exciting of these shadows in terms of usability. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I do like after having written all of this, I like the idea of the shadow Cubone into shadow Alola Marowak at some point in the distant future. Can you imagine a shiny shadow Alola Marowak? Oh man. Oh man. That'd be pretty sweet. That'd be pretty sweet with shadow bone. Oh, <laughs> that'd be so neat. Uh, all right. Yeah. Anyway, thank you very much, Kyle. It, it's nice to kind of get an overview on those sorts of things because I feel like, and, and please write in if there's something in particular that you as a listener would love to hear. We've been playing this game for so long. It's difficult for us every once in a while. I'll be like, all right, pump the brakes. Let's take a look at something we haven't talked about in a really long time. I'm sure there are people that don't know what this is. So uh, we'd like to every once in a while kind of go back. And so if you have something in particular, like talk about this. I'm new and I don't know what this is. <laughs> we'd love to. So uh, send that on in to mail at gocastpodcast.com. But before any of that stuff, I'm ahead of myself here. My transitions. 
uh, we do have the Poke Lore. This week, we're going to be covering the upcoming Community Day focus, which is Stuffle, the flailing Pokemon, and Beware, the strong arm Pokemon, starting, of course, with Stuffle. Stuffle is a quadrupedal Pokemon resembling a bear cub. Its body and head are mostly pink, while its legs are brown. Each foot has a single pink paw pad on the bottom. There is a white semicircle marking around its face, similar to a headband, and it has a white muzzle with a triangular black nose. Its white-tipped ears are situated on the sides of its head, and there is a small white-tipped tuft of fur under each. Around the center of its short, puffy tail is a dark pink ring marking. Under the tail is a small white flap, resembling the tag on a stuffed toy. I, I didn't get that. That's, that's funny. Uh, this is actually an organ that releases an odor used to communicate with others of its kind. What? I, I need a picture of this tag. Where you is got, there a picture? You, you look it up, man, and, and let me know. I got I got a little bit more well, here to go. <laughs> Stuffle is very small and ties with Mankey as the smallest fighting type. What a fun little fact. Despite its small size, Stuffle has extraordinary strength and can knock out even well-trained Pokemon if they are unprepared. The combination of its cute appearance, mannerisms, and fluffy fur make it very popular. However, Stuffle actually dislikes being touched and will flail its powerful arms if it is embraced. Stuffle's flailing is powerful enough to break thick tree trunks. Okay. Any luck on the tag there, Kyle? Uh, I found a picture, but it's very small. So I'm trying to see if I can find another one. But it, when you actually see it, it's very distinct. It's not like you can mistake it for anything but what that says it is. Okay, awesome. I'll have to keep my eyes open on Community Day and, and take a look myself. I've just never noticed that. Cool. Next up is Beware, a, a fan favorite uh, for many, especially if you've played uh, any of the Pokemon main series games that have a wild area or you have watched the anime and are a fan of Jesse and James's antics. Beware. While Beware may appear friendly, it is actually a very dangerous Pokemon, even considered to be the most dangerous Pokemon in Alola. It must never oh be approached God. carelessly, even if it is merely <laughs> swinging its arms around in a friendly fashion, as this is used as a warning. It shows affection with a fond embrace, but its hugs have incredible force. Trainers of this Pokemon must teach it how to restrain itself from showing affection. Its hugs are powerful enough to shatter bones. Many trainers are said to have left the world after receiving Beware's hugs. Wait. Oh, my God. Uh, beware uses its arms to subdue its prey before taking it back to its nest. And, you know what? And what? <laughs> that might be the single most grim sentence in all of the Pokedex. From right a normal there. fighting type, Kyle. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I knew about the crazy, powerful hugs, but yeah, like, of course, I wasn't expecting them to put it in such words. I think I think what they mean to say, Kyle, is that they were like, wow, that really that broke a few ribs. I need to get off this planet. And they got in a spaceship <laughs> and they left. That's what they mean. They okay? got carried away by a drift blim. Actually, uh, the, the canonical Pokemon Earth only has Pokemon centers. If you want personal human medical treatment, you have to go to Mars for that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Stats for our big guy here. Max CP at 40 is 3117 and at 50 is 3524. Not bad. Not bad at all. 260 stamina, 141 defense and 226 attack. That's an impressive stamina stat. 
and a pretty decent attack set. Unfortunately, the 141 defense is not doing you a lot of good in that case. But, you know, high attack, so whatever. I guess we'll see. Best move set. Uh, you want to take low kick, and you're going to want to take drain punch, which is the upcoming exclusive community day move, and then any of the other moves kind of paired with it. You can make an argument for superpower, payback, or stomp. I would probably say shy away from superpower because you're already going to have two fighting moves on there and drain punch is low energy. Uh, so it'll be good. Payback's a dark move. It's not going to do a whole lot for you other than, I guess, being good against ghost types and psychic types. I don't know. I don't think you're going to get that far. Stomp, uh, it's good damage, but it's it's normal. So I guess you're getting stabbed out of that. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, use your best judgment, I suppose, in this case. Until somebody smarter than me tells you otherwise. Also, low kick is just not good from what I know, which is a crying shame. Yeah, the other options are tackle and shadow claw. And I think shadow claw is actually pretty decent, uh, but it's doesn't really fit with what it's doing. It doesn't, but it is an option. So I'm going to leave it for a PVP or to get at and tell us what the actual potential is that we're not seeing. Because it's <laughs> it's a little stratified <laughs> mm-hmm. for what I can see. <laughs> anyway, it'll be exciting to see how uh, Beware is utilized post this upcoming community day. Uh, but that's it for Poke Lore. And that means that it's time for the Poke Poll. Last week's Poke Poll was if GoFest was permanently assigned to the same city every year for the live experience, what city would be the best and why? First response is from Zizzy B. They said, raise his hand shyly, my city? I think I think we're all feeling that one. Zizzy <laughs> bees, all of us. <laughs> Next one's from Ghastly Girl, and they said, I'm definitely biased here, but I would say Chicago, at least for the North American GoFest, as I do think it's probably the best central-ish location. And the two years I went, I thought the park they had worked well. I believe it was Grant Park. Otherwise, I know there are a lot of other great parks in the city. Grant Park was 2017's location. And we also went back to Grant Park, but it was much bigger for 2019. Yes. Yes. AKA no offenses. (laughs) Next one's from Clifton B. And they said, I'm biased, but I would say St. Pete. You could easily make the trip a week-long vacation with the theme parks, beaches, and museums. Disney is only a two-hour drive from St. Pete, and the Space Coast is a three- or four-hour drive. Whoa, you lost me. (laughs) (laughs) There are several large parks that would have capacity to hold a large event, and the mayor is pretty easy to work with for large events that come into the city. Downtown area is pedestrian-friendly, and there would be a lot of local restaurants within walking distance. Plus, we have Heracross and Corsola's regionals, so you could have some fun shiny hunting for your week. That's oh, man. compelling. That's compelling. And you've also instantly turned it off to Niantic for having yeah. such a great reason. Such a great reason to have it there, but also the perfect reason to never have it there, too. No, but here's the thing, though, is that if they just don't feature Heracross and Corsola as the regionals for that GoFest, let's just say, or if they don't feature any regionals for GoFest, this would encourage people to play outside of the fest area and stay there longer, which I think they could probably use as a selling point to get a better to get a better deal with the city they're coordinating with. For sure, for sure. I just I'm you know I'm pessimistic and Niantic's like ah too much value can't have that. Maybe maybe. <laughs> yeah. Although Heracross like has been since kind of like 
demoted to oh you've had a tour <laughs> maybe maybe when mega hair cross comes uh, out or Cursula. I, I can't wait for either of those i love Cursula too um anyway i don't particularly like it was a small note i don't particularly like Cursula, but i really like galarian corsola why don't you like Cursula? You think it's just like, uh, yeah, I get it. I already got it with the first one. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't feel like its evolution really does anything with it. Hmm. Like, I don't know. I don't I don't feel impressed by how it changes and it doesn't feel like it's stronger. Maybe you and I don't know enough about Coral. Maybe when Coral dies, it goes through some sort of metamorphosis. A that... God phase. <laughs> Not phase, mom. It's lifestyle. Evolution. Anyway, our last response is from Matters. And he said, Hello, gents and DeFi. I'm not at all biased. It has to be London. To be <laughs> precise, in the 560 acres of the Queen Elizabeth Olympic Park. The park is still home to the 2012 Olympic legacy and already holds 20 plus pogo gyms and over 60 stops, with one marvelous 20 minute loop consisting of 30 of those stops. Oh my gosh. That sounds fantastic oh my clear God. your plans kyle we're going <laughs> sounds amazing yeah it does the local shopping mall is also going to be host to one of the irl locations this coming community day so niantic are already on to a good thing as a go fest is generally held from friday to sunday this means you can also enjoy the culinary delights of fish and chips on a friday and then finish off on the sunday after a saturday evening of visiting all the local breweries and gin distilleries Along the River Thames with our famous roast beef and Yorkshire Yorkshire pudding. No, you were right. It's Yorkshire. But Yorkshire? you can say Yorkshire because you're a filthy American. No. I mean, yeah. We'll say Yorkshire because okay. you make matters upset. With <laughs> our famous roast beef and Yorkshire puddings. You may need to bring an umbrella, but the first round's on me. Keep up the cracking work, chaps. I'd be so down. I'd be so down for a London Go Fest. Oh, my God. So oh my I've, God. I've been to London once when i was younger and did not appreciate it nearly as much as i do now dude it's it's great it's rainy uh the culture is everything i've wanted and more (laughs) i love the accents i love actually having old buildings around (laughs) instead of like this was built 300 years ago this is a replica of an old (laughs) building but it's new America has a lot of history, but there is something about going to Europe and seeing like capital H history. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. A hundred percent. And I mean, other places in the world, too. I don't want to say only Europe, of course, but well, it's rather to say instead of only, you know, focus on London or Europe, UK kind of stuff, not the US. We don't have that in the US. It's something we you kind of just you lose you don't you don't get to experience that when you're growing up around here exactly yeah there's just i, I feel like actually to just make it more pc generally speaking i just need, i just want to and have this need to experience more out of the states <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> so uh yeah modders london go fest let's do it if there is going to be a go fest in london you can bet that i will sell my left arm to make that happen as long as uh plain ticket prices aren't as messed up as they have been lately i'd be i'd be so for it yeah so hopefully in the future that'd be wonderful for this week's poke poll we have we're a rather positive bunch but let's shake it up this week what would the worst event ever in pokemon go be like in your opinion 
bonus points if you model it after an existing event structure. All right. So first off, if it's not clear, Chris wrote this. So yeah. I have a clarifying question I must ask. Yeah. Does it have to be objectively negative things or do you think like make it positive changes that just would not be fun to do? Like I, an objective hmm. negative would be like it takes twice as long to hatch eggs for this for right. the duration of this event. Do you right. want that? Because like I could I could make up all day long. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can make up all sorts of reasons to a, not play the game. A 500 kilometer egg that gives you a Bulbasaur. <laughs> <laughs> hang no, on, hang I mean, on. No, no. This is this is a perfect response to that example, though. I played Warframe. If anyone has ever heard of that game, I played it a, a thousand hours. I was huge into Warframe. Wow. For one of their anniversary events, they had an insanely, insanely impossibly difficult mission. You had to survive for four hours, it was a defense mission, which is just an archetype. And since you were in waves, a wingsuit, right? Uh, no, no, it's not not one of those. But those oh, okay. those do exist. And you just you had to survive. It gets harder and harder. If you don't have the perfect setup, you can't do it. Your reward was one cracked magazine capacity mod. And a cracked mod is a mod that's broken, so you can't even level it up. It's just vendor trash. Yeah. So it it existed purely as bragging rights because now for the rest of your life you can say, "Hey, I did this." <laughs> that is some uh, that is some Destiny brand stuff right there. <laughs> let me tell you. I, I mean, look, Destiny modeled a lot of its life after Warframe. Trust me. And and Warframe got a lot better once Destiny was there for it to compete with. Yes, one hundred percent. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Anyways, now we have to answer our own poke poll. Oh no, Chris. <laughs> well, I sorry. Hope you- to- to answer your initial clarifying question, I really think it could kind of like go both ways. But I would encourage you, uh, dear listener and dear co-host. Uh, th- I mean, I, I thought when I was thinking of this, I was like, it'd be cool for us to make parodies of events and stuff like that. Because everybody's been sort of like down the dumps lately. It'd be fun to sort of like make fun of the thing that we're making fun of or or that that's upsetting us together. So it could be either if you want to make a parody event of like, Hey, uh, uh, more more walking in courage. It'll be four times uh, four times distance to hatch eggs in incubators, and we're reintroducing the walking requirement for GPL <laughs> and stuff like that. You know, like I think that'd be yeah. fun. I, I don't think this will be fun if people just complain about Niantic via you know. It, do, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, a hundred percent. Okay. Um. So do whatever you think is fun because I think we'll all think it's fun. I'm I'm really looking forward to people's responses because we don't have enough time while we're here to like craft out a full event structure. And a lot of people who are responding will like sit down and actually go through that. And it's always fascinating. Mm-hmm. I think. Do you have an do you have an answer ready yet? More or less. Yeah. Uh, why don't you go first then? I was really actually kind of going to go for that one because my initial suggestion that I had in my brain was reintroducing the walking mechanic for GBL because I think that would be so funny, right? Uh, They have acknowledged the fact that it's not going to come back, right? They're like, oh, yeah, that didn't really work for its life as an eSport. But some of these changes they've made recently about reintroducing walking and other things, it would just be so funny and kind of in the pocket. But in addition, I think it'd be funny if uh, reintroducing the walking for GBL five or six times long anything longer in an incubator would be hilarious <laughs> i don't care what it is it'd be so funny pokestops are disabled and you will you will uh instead earn rewards based on distance traveled 
<laughs> Still like every get kilometer out your phone you... shakers. <laughs> no, we don't condone that. But. No, not at all. Uh, but like, yeah, every every kilometer you get twenty pokeballs, like a pittance. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. I think that'd be so funny. I I have a different kind of take on that. I want them to. It, it would have to be raid focused. That would be the number one thing for me. Whatever happens, it would be a raid focused event that doesn't have any bonus raid passes. And the only way you can get anything out of it is by doing the raids. It doesn't have to be in person. We can still do it remote. And I can't reduce the Stardust for everything that you catch in the wild. You know, okay. 50% okay. less Stardust or whatever. You can pick your own number and increase the Stardust for what you capture from a raid. Just to really encourage people to go do raids. It doesn't balance out. It doesn't balance out because that's no. never how this works. <laughs> that would be super funny. It, yeah, it's it's kind of like like anything, any event where like the feature that they're trying to promote like goes out of its lane into another play style and messes things up. Like that's funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> another thought that I have is like new Pokemon being released. It's a new egg, 20 kilometer egg. You can only get it after you beat like 10 legendary raids or something like that. Just just really gatekeep it like crazy, like as, as ridiculous gatekeeping as you can possibly get just to oh, make everybody mad. I've, I've got it, Kyle. You ready? <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Six grunts for one leader radar. Six leaders for one Giovanni radar. Six Giovanni radars. <laughs> For one 20 kilometer super special shadow egg. <laughs> it, it, this implies that you can repeat fighting Giovanni, so I like it. But that said, I know yeah. what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> Anything that makes the rocket grunt grind longer would uh-huh. also be a horrible event. Like, it now takes 12 fragments to get a rocket radar, but oh, um, I don't I don't know. You get like three times the reward from the radar or from about, the grunt or something i don't know i have to... I've, got, I've got this none of that just let grunts use shields <laughs> that that will inflate your time that will inflate your time Absolutely. i would do nothing i would just ignore all of that i don't care what the reward what's the benefit where's my benefit i don't know it just it would just be like oh you know uh, grunts will also be more difficult during this event and they will start using shields for this time only and it's like a, a challenge that we're supposed to enjoy but instead we're like no oh it's like when they stopped the uh ai from pausing after a charge move or a switch for those like two weeks well okay that that though was supposed to be part of them fixing some things with how yeah the but they didn't worked. lower the difficulty of the the leaders at yeah, all so it made yeah. them very difficult exactly what, what a time that was it's just another example i think it'd be really funny that after we've gotten over this hump and the game is tuned back to where they want it to be and people are not like why are we making these changes after we've come to complete personal and like sentiment parody across the board be so funny if they had an event that was called like the good old days event for like a week. We're going to give you all of these bonuses back just for a week. <laughs> There'd be fire. Could you imagine? Like <laughs> that is, that is not letting sleeping lines lay. Mm-mm. Yeah. I, on that same note, I'm, there's no way they are going to peacefully 
change the way remote rating works it's it's gonna be a oh a yeah that's a conversation for another time yeah, uh, yeah. well yeah. we'll have to see how that does eventually shake up but but we're interested in hearing what you guys have in mind for creative event write-ups or ideas so please if you dear listener haven't answered this week's pokeball question which is again uh what would be the worst events ever in pokemon go what would it be like in your opinion bonus points if you model it after an existing event structure bear in mind if you write us like two pages single spaced likely we won't read it on the show because it's kind of unfair to other people but yeah if you insist on it i would be happy to what i've done in the past which is host a google doc and put a link in the show notes it's fun stuff <laughs> all right so that's the end of the poke poll so if you want to send us an answer to that this week you can do mail at gocastpodcast.com you can also answer the question when it's posted on twitter uh at gocastpodcast you can also answer the question in our poke poll discord channel for the patron discord more about that at the end of the show and you can of course if you're feeling spicy leave us a voicemail you can call 262 262- five eight six seven seven one seven and leave your answer there and all these apply to like regular email stuff too so just an idea but before we get to (laughs) emails and all that good stuff we're going to pass it on over to fish and DeFiE, who this week for pvp corner are going to be covering quite a few interesting things such as moron nemesis cup the pv poke updates fast move sneak slash denials which i'm going to listen for because i need to learn more about it and much more over to you two. Hi, I'm Fish on Ahita. And I'm DeFi250. And this is PvP Corner, the PvP segment with the Levitate ability. DeFi, what's going on in PvP right now? Well, let's take a look at Go Battle League right now as we are recording. uh, We are between April 19th and 26th. We have the Open Ultra League and the Retro Cup. We talked about Retro Cup last week, but just a quick recap. No Steel Dark or Fairy types allowed. And we want to update you a little bit on last week's deep dive. Back then, the PV Poke rankings weren't quite out yet when we recorded, but now we have the actual PV Poke top 10 species. And they are at coming in at number one, Lickitung, and then Walren, both the Shadow and regular version, Trevenant, Frostlass, Altaria, Regirock, Shadow, Obama Snow. Kofagrigus, Regice, and Shadow Snorlax are your top 10 for the Retro Cup. Um, two things that stand out to me. One is Regice. I always thought Regice was uh, a little bit written off by a lot of the people I speak to. Like, it's a good Pokemon. It's it's one of those Pokemon that's just kind of on the edge of viability. Um, it has that lock on like all the other Reggies, but of course, Blizzard being a lot higher energy than the Stone Edge of Regirock or the uh, Flash Cannon of Reggie Steel uh, makes it a little bit more difficult to use. But yeah, I, I really like that Regice is so far up there. The second thing is, how cool would it be if we did like a a top 10 countdown? Like number 10 on our list is Shadow Snorlax and like a big reveal and then countdown to number one. And I started to go like weighing in at, and then I don't (laughs) know, I don't know Lickitung's actual weight, but I can look it up. Uh, Weighing in at thick with three C's. Yes. (laughs) 
So, after the Retro Cup finishes, we have Open Master League and Canto Cup. That is April 26th to May 3rd. Three times Stardust for that cup, and only Pokemon with the Pokedex number of 1 to 151 is allowed, are allowed, whatever grammar is. So that includes Pokemon that have regional forms like Galarian, Alolan, and Hisuian varieties. And then finally, looking one more week ahead, we have May 3rd to May 10th, which is the Flying Cup. Pretty simple rules. Only flying-type Pokemon are eligible. It's a Great League Cup. So pretty much it's Skarmory and Aerodactyl are going to be your meta-relevant Pokemon, and then Amolga and Mantine. So really, this is going to be a very condensed meta because there's only really a few really good flying types that beat the other flying types. We have an update for pvpoke.com. We always talk about pvpoke, how it is just the go-to tool for studying PvP and and learning how it all works and and getting better at it, increasing your knowledge. They have changed the rules on how their simulations use baiting. So uh, bait, for those who are newer at PvP, is when you build up enough energy to get to your more powerful charge move and then throw something that is less energy so that you can bait your opponent into using a shield prematurely or unnecessarily and be able to get to that very powerful nuke move we call it quicker up until now pv poke sims have always defaulted to using the bait move and it always is successful if the opponent has a shield then it will have the opponent shielding the bait move now it will fall for the bait less often and Pokemon with bait dependent movesets like Mantine with its bubble beam will bait slightly less often. Um, Pokemon will also use optimized move timing by default. We're actually going to talk about this a little bit more in the deep dive. And then Pokemon will be better able to predict when they will faint and throw stored energy. So often in the simulations prior to this, Pokemon would faint with just a bunch of energy in the bank. So now Pokemon will be able to predict and throw some of those, even if it's just a smaller energy move, uh, because that's what typically what people would do in an actual Mm. gameplay scenario. Also, there's a few interface updates and things like that, less dropdowns and more buttons. So we can love love the button so be (laughs) sure that you check out pv poke if you're not on their patreon page be sure to check them out um and consider you know throwing a dollar at them every month it's definitely a fantastic service i know i get more than a dollar's worth of Mm. you know benefit out of pv poke every month so definitely worth being a part of their patron community we have the 2022 European International Championships coming up this weekend, so probably uh, might have been done by the time you hear this. Um, it is happening in Germany, and it is being shoutcasted by Zionic, Caleb Peng, Two O'Butters, and Speediest Chief, who has been on the GoCast podcast before. It's happening Friday, April 22nd. Match coverage begins at midnight Pacific time and then continues on Saturday, April 23rd at midnight Pacific time, followed by the final matches. I am so excited. I do not know if I'm going to be up. I think that would be 2 a.m. for me over here in Central Standard Time mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. or Central, Central Daylight Time we're in right now. And I do not think I'm going to be up at 2 a.m. However, 
I will definitely be taking a look at the YouTubes, at the Twitch VODs, because I want to see how this all plays out. Next up is our Sylph check-in. Nemesis Cup is happening. It's in full swing. The GoCast podcast Discord server tournament. We are currently in the third round. I was undefeated, but I just lost 0-3 to against ZT Smith 22. Fantastic games. I was outspiced and outplayed. Mm-hmm. We have a couple matches to finish up yet to figure out who is still going to be undefeated. Uh, Camo, McGeo8, and Triptondo are currently pair number one. And then Mama Climbs and Fish at pair number three. Mm. And then we'll have a little bit better of idea who are going to be our undefeated players uh, going into rounds four and five. I'm not undefeated myself either, um, and we, in fact, we were both caught by the same trainer, ZT Smith. wasn't a sweep; it was a two-one, but uh, he did get me in the end. Shadow Latias. Shadow Latias exists. Yeah. I was it- I was listening to the podcast last week where Kyle was was completely dismissing her, and I'm like, oh, buddy, if only you knew. <laughs> All right. So we are excited. Probably by next week, the tournament will have concluded and we'll be able to talk more about teams and specific matches and things like that. Really looking forward to it. And good luck to the rest of the trainers on their battles. One quick thing, just today, breaking news. We have next month's cup is going to be called the Firefly Cup. It is another cup that has allowed types. So the allowed types are only five, normal, bug, electric, poison, and ice. The bands that you are going to see are megas, just like usual, no ground types, and then five individual species, walren, escavalier, Dragalgi, Salazzle, and Pachirisu. And I was very interested to see the Salazzle ban right out the gate too, because that Pokemon was just released. Mm. And it's so good that it, it's banned right away. Sorry, Salazzle. Sorry, Salazzle. <laughs> I still don't have one. I haven't hatched one yet. Same. Because it's tough. You got to get a female um, Sandalit. And that those are pretty rare. And they're pretty rare in eggs. So it might be a little while before I get mine. We'll see. So that moves us on to our deep dive for this week. And DeFi, you wanted to talk about what is going on with fast move, sneaking, and denials. Do you want to give us a bit of an introduction on, uh, I mean, why we want to talk about this? For sure. So in the Twitterverse of the past couple weeks, or like the past week or so, there's been a bit of a discussion around this idea of fast move sneaks and denials, uh, specifically regarding a Japanese regional tournament Uh, and some rules that had the verbiage about fast move sneaking and denials in the rules. So I thought it'd be a really good kind of topical discussion to discuss what does that even mean? What is a fast move sneak? What is a fast move denial? Why is this being discussed? Why is it important? And I think before we even get into that, we need to start down to basics. Mm -hmm. For the longest time, Fish, I had no idea. Pokemon Go is actually a turn-based game. Not the same turn based <laughs> as in the main series games where you can sit and wait and take your turn and press your move and mm. then your opponent takes a move. Like that's a very clear turn based style of game. But there are actually turns in Pokemon Go. Tell me a little bit more about the turns that actually happen in a Pokemon Go PvP match. 
Yeah, so everything in a Pokemon Go battle is divided into half-second blocks, and that's what we call a turn. And even though the turns are happening simultaneously, players are still having to make a decision. I'm going to spend the next two turns throwing this fast move, or I'm going to use this turn to throw a charge move, or I'm going to use this turn to swap my Pokemon out. So they're still having to make decisions section by section of the battle. Different fast moves take different lengths of turns. I'm sure you've noticed moves like Dragon Breath. That's what we call a one turn fast move because it's happening every half second. A turn is one mm-hmm. half of a second versus something like Charm. Charm is what? Four move? A four turn move? Three. Three. Charm is three. Confusion is four? Yes. Okay, and Incinerate is five. It's the longest turn in the game. So some moves take multiple half seconds. So charge moves, like I mentioned before, cost one turn to throw. And that can lead to some interesting strategy around when to time throwing your moves because your opponent is also throwing fast moves at the same time or they might be about to throw their own charge move. So, for example... If you're coming up against a Talonflame or a Typhlosion that has Incinerate, that move costs five turns to throw. And you've got a Mudshot user, which Mudshot uses two turns. So you know that you can time your move to throw two Mudshots and then throw your charge move. And that takes the same amount of time as what one Incinerate takes to complete. So that's very, very involved. I hope, hope we didn't lose anyone with that. If you want more information, I would say if you're trying to learn about timing your fast moves and charge moves, that's a very, very visual thing to look at. So I would recommend looking at some infographics or maybe some YouTube videos. I know I was just watching some videos on charge move timing from FP6 and Wallower, but also My PvP Academia, Zionic, Rise to Occasion, all have really good videos that do a good job of illustrating that charge move timing and when the ideal time is to throw so here's where the issues come in and that is when pokemon are what we call in sync in sync is when two players are throwing their fast moves and they're ending at the same time when that happens one player might decide to throw their charge move and For a very long time, there's been an inconsistency in the game where sometimes the opponent will be able to throw an extra fast move while you're throwing your charge move, and sometimes they're not able to. So why is this important? Why is this something that people are talking about? Denying a move that your opponent should be able to get through can flip really, really close battles. King IV put out a video uh, showing the Skarmory-Azumarill matchup. Both of those turns, Sky Tech and Bubble, take the same amount of time. Also, the Alolan Marowak and Wigglytuff matchup. Both Charm and Firespin take the same amount of time. And just showing how when moves are denied or you sneak in a fast move, how that can flip a matchup completely. So that's really, really important. And it's something that the devs are trying to fix. They actually brought it up in that dev diary about Go Battle League that was released at the end of February. And here's the big kicker. This is why it's such a hot button topic is that it's actually exploitable. So there is a way that you can be tapping your stream Um, Some creators have put out videos on how to do this. And I think the most famous one is by Wallower. 
where you can actually deliberately deny your opponent's fast moves by the way you're tapping your screen, uh, which causes big problems, mainly because your ability to exploit this bug is heavily dependent on your basically the, the speed of your internet connection. It's something called ping times, which is uh, how long it takes data to get from your phone to the Niantic servers and back again. People who have a better, stronger, faster internet connection have a much higher chance of being able to do this than people with slower, weaker internet connections. For sure. So it's definitely less dependent on any type of skill and more dependent on those ping times, more dependent on the type of internet connection you have. And that does not have any place in a competitive sport, a competitive esport. You want it to have a very level playing field. One type of internet connection shouldn't give you an advantage over the other. So that's why the devs are really looking seriously mm-hmm. into this. And that's why we wanted to talk about it a little bit today because mm-hmm. we hear it, I hear it all the time when we're talking, when I'm shoutcasting. Oh, snuck in a, snuck in an mm-hmm. extra mud shot, snuck in an extra move. So I wanted to take a moment and just kind of talk about what that Mm. even means and just point to that the devs are looking at it it was in that dev diaries and we're probably going to be seeing some updates on it soon all right so moving on to our mailbag we've got an email from wang j chen who says fish DeFi, hello i love little cup metas Every season, I make my largest ELO gains during the Little Cup metas. I wish they were taken more seriously and maybe even become its own league. One issue I feel many trainers have with Little Cup metas is they treat Little Cups like they are Little Great League. Little Cup metas, I feel, are fundamentally different. The way I started thinking of them was to compare them to track and field. Great, Ultra, and Master Leagues are like distance races, while Little Cups are sprints. A sprinter's running form and physical shape is vastly different from your distance runners, and I feel the same is true in the way you battle and build teams in Little Cups. Another one of my favorite things about Little Cups is how many skills I've learned from them that I was able to apply in the other leagues. I would like to know what you guys think, and do you think Little Cups will ever be given the respect they deserve, or maybe even one day be its own league? Thoughts? Go. All right. So thank you so much for writing in Wang J. Chen. So I really like Little Cups. I like that they're different. I like the variety that they provide. I actually probably play a little bit more often when a Little Cup is running because the matches move so much faster. You're very right. It's like a sprint compared to a longer race. So I really like it. I'm not sure that it's ever going to be its own league. But never say never. We can't ever say never of in this course. game. It could all could always happen. I definitely think people take it seriously and don't necessarily just take that time off. I think people are mm-hmm. playing it, and it's a good way to get people into the game who wouldn't necessarily play it otherwise. All right, so thanks again, Wang J. Chen, for your email about the Little Cup, which brings us to our shameless plugs. Fish, what do you want to plug this week? Well, um, I was actually interviewed on the BTW podcast for a monthly series they've got called the Executive Edition. So I've been told that's coming out sometime this week, if you want to check that out. It was a fun interview with Matthew Breaker. We've also got, um, I did not mention this the first time, happening in Pallet Town PvP, we've got a trainer called Dark Ice who has taken up an opportunity to run a fun cup called the Beach Cup. And it has been 
uh, really popular, really successful, and really fun. I'm only bringing it up now because she's already given us her plans for her next Fun Cup, and it looks like a very, very interesting concept. As of this recording, she hasn't revealed it to the server yet, so I won't give you too much details, but she's called it the Crime Cup, and it's a concept that I have not seen anywhere else in any other pvp competition so um, i'm excited to give that to you other than that we've just got our ultra league draft which is still going on we went through round three on stream on tuesday night us time and we'll be going through round four next week and hisuian ryan our newest streamer he had his first stream and he's like, no, this is this is really fun. I love it. Uh, let's just move this to weekly. So he is, <laughs> he is streaming every week on Palatown now on Wednesday nights. All right. And with that, I think we have a show. So we love hearing your feedback. If you have any questions or suggestions for Fisher or myself, you can direct your feedback to pvpcorner at gocastpodcast.com, just like Wayne J. Chen did earlier in our segment. In the show description, you can click on more fish or more DeFi to take you to our other projects and ways to contact us, like my Twitter and Twitch account, or for fish, you can check out the Pallet Town PVP server. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you so very, very much, Fish and DeFi for yet another wonderful, insightful, and educational PvP corner segment. You two are the best. All right, Kyle, it's the end of the show here. We're we're cresting over the hour recording mark. I'm starting to get all blurry-eyed. What, what's going on? Where are we? It's time for emails. Oh, and no voicemails this week. Thank goodness I had your sultry voice to, to bring me back to shore that's right it's emails uh this first one we the first three we're actually going to lead with are the ones that uh we had to postpone last week so here we go this first one is from artemis dragon hola chris and kyle hola artemis dragon artemis dragon here once more and i trust that you both had a productive week and were able to wind down when possible for your sanity because we all need it during these unsettling times but i remain very optimistic also yo kyle mudkip community day hype <laughs> yeah <laughs> anyway i wanted to bounce some ideas off the GoCast crew shout out to defy and fish about the state of the game right now in terms of those raid gathering raid gatherings that we all loved back in the day uh note just for context a lot of this was from a post on reddit that i published and wanted to share with you and your your audience it's a very interesting topic that i feel more people should speak on for the sake of the game success continuity and something i consider important awesome i i would agree uh this was kind of like a core magic element of the game was in person rating those big groups and stuff first off i don't think that anyone should blame remote rating on the decline of traditional rating from my point of view these days were over long before the pandemic and remote raids surfaced the problem that i've noticed is that niantic has yet to dramatically improve the rewards associated with rating in general you open your game and see sawaddle bellsprout and alakazam raids on a nearby what's the incentive for rating them a few berries and a bit of stardust some tms and rare candy well now it's maybe rare candy i can't speak for all but i don't think those are good enough to attract trainers anymore in the beginning it was real easy to find nearby raids for any person who liked going out and lived in an active area to play pokemon go this was all due to the fact that we collectively started at the same skill level and we're all figuring out raids as we went along everyone was calling out raids around the clock and we just jump in our cars rode our bikes skateboards or just walk over to the raid if we were nearby to battle 
There were raid focus groups on Discord, WhatsApp, and Telegram emerging for the first time. We were all incredibly proactive, and it was insanely fun. We used to have groups showing up for Machamp raids in droves. It was beautiful. <laughs> but as time progressed, things began to change as our interests began to differ from one another. Lots of times, the raid bosses were just not interesting, and so people just didn't feel the need to go raid. I can't tell you how many times in a week that I don't use my free or premium raid pass because I can't find raids that I want to use them on from nearby. Whether I'm going to or from work, the store, or just going out to play, I won't see any raid eggs or any raid bosses that interest me. And because of that, my passes and because of that, my passes sit in my bag collecting dust. This never happens with my remote passes. We all still raid today, but raiding locally is no longer efficient due to how easy it is to remote raid. But why is it easier or in many ways better to remote raid? Because just like in the beginning, we all worked around the clock to call out nearby raids. Nobody does that anymore because the community has gone global, which is very unfortunate for anyone traveling or returning to the game or brand new who is seeking out the local player base, which is still there, but harder to find. Don't get me wrong. I love remote raids. If not for them, I wouldn't be able to raid for specific Pokemon after hours or when I'm out grinding and nothing good pops up on my nearby. Like many others, I still raid locally, but it's far less productive now because it's become very inconvenient waiting around and hoping for something you want to pop up and it doesn't happen. But if we had a local raid map in game, we'd have a wider view of our community. Such features should include. A five, to, a 5 to 10 kilometer view of your nearby gyms. The ability to add your trainer name to the gym before and after the egg hatches. Hiding trainer name would be optional. Selective tabs that let you set your arrival time or cancel your attendance. This should trigger a cooldown. Incubators as part of the reward pool. Increased chance of becoming lucky friends when raiding in person together. And safety features for miners. We have nothing to lose from trying. In conclusion... I think working on an in-game raid map would greatly help revitalize local communities because if it's one thing remote raids have shown us, it's that people still love to raid. People still enjoy helping others and working together for a common cause as long as their interests are aligned. We just need a way to find local trainers who are interested in incentives that are actually useful that encourage us to play locally. Thank you. I'm going to pass it to you, Kyle, first, because I just read this whole thing, please. All right. So I, I have a couple of thoughts. Partially an agreement, partially a disagreement. First and foremost, a thought that I have is we've all been playing this game for a long time. Some people have been playing it very actively since it came out, since raids were launched a year later. Some people just played it really hardcore in 2020 until now. The thing is, you play the game so much, you are looking at it from a different perspective than somebody else's at that point. And you have to remember to step back and look at it from somebody else's perspective. That being somebody who doesn't play as much as you do. A lot of what is said here about raids not being as interesting comes from the fact that you've probably done 2,000 raids total. You know, I've done 1,400, something like that. Chris has probably done more than that by a lot because of his 500 raids summer. And, you know, <laughs> we know people who've done thousands of raids once you reach that point, you're not excited about a Machamp raid, but somebody who's level 38 is probably still really excited about that Machamp raid and is still going to do it. And so it, it's kind of, you, you can't find a balance in that regard. Niantic does their best and, and they, they do fail. Why, why do we have gloom 
or vile plumin raids. That's a weird one, for example. Some stuff like that. But remote passes feel like so much more value because you get to use it on a legendary raid every single time. Or yeah. you get to use it on your rock rough every single time. And, and not so feel that, bad about it because you got, you know, it's 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 whatever. <laughs> yeah. And so you're getting exactly the value you want out of it. And so it always is going to feel better. No matter what they do to the current system, it's always going to feel better. And so it it becomes a a balancing game because they can't make in-person too rewarding. Otherwise, they have, you know, the inverse problem. Yeah, I, I do suppose. But I I think while I agree with you that I think a, a, a change in perspective is often necessary for more involved players, I think you and I do this often we try to uh not as much as we should maybe but we try it's also important to follow the point and i I think the main point that artemis dragon is making is that while that was all true at the beginning and might still be true now there is also this incredibly big part portion of the community that was around initially and is around now and things have changed so much that their experience at a core level doesn't match your expectations for how they're enjoying the game. And that's also because like there was no in-game communication. There was no official way and there still is no official way to really communicate with other players in person or sorry, in the app. So you have to rely on things like Discord or Facebook or whatever. And those groups, unfortunately, well, or fortunately, depending on how you look at it, lend themselves to remote rating so much better than in-person raids and trying to organize them. And there yeah. is no alternative solution for in-person raiding that feels as good as that does for remote raiding. And I don't think those groups are ever going to go back because why would they? There's so much value in holding a remote raiding discord where a bunch of people from all over the place can share stuff. Yeah. I think there's one thing in here that I, I particularly agree on is that raids are not rewarding enough. I would agree. No matter what you're raiding, I don't care. I could love the Pokemon. I could want the Pokemon I will still feel like my time has been wasted at the end of it. Like I'll have, I'll have fun, especially if I'm doing it with other people. That's where my fun is, but it has nothing to do with the rate itself. I would love for them to prorate your rewards based on the Pokemon that you're going against. I don't mean more difficult gets you better rewards. I mean, I'm using a pass, whether it's a five star or a one star. So Maybe give me more rewards for the one star so I'll spend my pass on that or I don't feel bad about that being one of the only options I have as opposed to, you know, getting the same amount of items I'm getting now from a five star or something like that. Yeah, I mean, on this same note, this might be just my other like gaming stuff leaking into go. We need new items added into the game that are got from raids that can differentiate different raids aside from just doing the Pokemon. They have a ton of this stuff in the main series games. They have a ton of different feathers. They have a ton of, you know, they have protein calcium stuff to affect your EVs, which aren't in go, but we can translate that. It can happen. Effort values, not the Pokemon. Yeah, not, not the Pokemon, (laughs) which is, you know, there's ways of affecting your IVs, bottle caps. Those exist as well. These are the types of things that we really could add into rating to make it have value to do that golem raid like that no one is ever going to do i don't think they're ever going to add things that affect ivs though because static ivs give pokemon their value 
because it's consistent for people at max level across the board. But it also keeps you coming back for more and more raids, which the candy system is based off of. But okay, but you can change it. You can change how things work. And this is just an example. Just re-roll the stats. No oh. ceiling, no floor. You have a mole trace right there. Give it this bottle cap and its IVs will re-roll and it can roll as a nundo. Just make it a a rare reward. I don't know. You know, this is just the idea here and how you can give value if you get creative. That'd be interesting. The game needs more resources than just the current ones I think we have. And that's because there's not enough levers to tweak what your players get. This, Mm -hmm. as we see with this whole rare candy thing that's happened right now, I don't know about you, but I don't think I've gotten a single rare candy from gifts. I actually did. I, I don't stop to watch the rewards today, but today when I was opening gifts on a walk, I was taking, I did take the time to watch two gifts and both of them had a rare candy in them. Well, that's very lucky. I don't check sure like I don't check the the reward itself. I check my total before and after, like opening as many as I can. Oh, that's intelligent. I should have done that. And I don't know. I did it like two or three days in a row. You know, ninety gifts. What I got one. Jeez, really? So, and I and I and I saw a Reddit thread about people talking about it. They're like, yeah, I opened sixty gifts and I got two. And like, so just an example, like, it's a rare candy is one of the levers they can play with. And it's just not enough. You know, they can play with the experience, obviously. But I mean, that's another thing they could do. Make different Pokemon worth different Stardust from a raid instead of making every Pokemon a thousand Stardust raid, for example. Yep, that would be that, really, really great. That might be a little difficult to communicate properly. But they could also incentivize Pokemon that are otherwise not really that viable in the meta and give them additional bonuses for on catch. Like you get an extra thousand Stardust when you raid this Pokemon. Or something to make it so that they encourage people to raid more. There's a bunch of different things they can do. But I also think one core thing, and and this is my last opinion I'm going to say on this, (laughs) because I feel like we could probably talk about this ad infinitum because this is sort of an overall sort of meta conversation about the game. But a few years ago, when we were doing these in-person raids from a champs and stuff like that, yeah, we were all trying to figure it out. But at the same time, raiding was new. It was novel. Uh, and it has 100% lost its novelty. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's one of the most static. Mm, I don't want to say boring just because I find it boring, but l- less exciting aspects of the game, the actual rate itself, you know? Uh, yeah. So I mean, I've got two things to say, one in response to what you said, and then one for the email. Raids have not changed since they were added numerically things have changed but the rating experience is no different from june 2017 to now and that's a problem that the well, game I, is feeling they gave it a facelift <laughs> that doesn't that's i mechanically yeah. it has not changed okay you know even gyms have received one change made one major change which was a very long time ago granted so that's that's also and they're, overdue. They're also due, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they are overdue, but they've at least gotten one. That's true. Was, the, so the only the only main change they have made to raise the consolidated the tiers, which actually I think in retrospect was kind of a double edged sword decision. They were used to be tier one, tier two, tier three, tier four, tier five, and now it's just tier one, three, and five. Um, for those of you that weren't around at the time, and tier fours were very difficult to solo, and so there was a lot of fun with those. Uh, but 
they got rid of those. And I thought that that made it more interesting to more people. Yeah, I mean, to an extent, I I don't agree, though, because tier fours didn't give as good rewards as tier fives. There's no reason to do a tier four if you had a tier five as your option. Yeah. And getting people to do the tier four with you if you didn't want the Supreme Challenge. Granted, most tier fours were not soloable. Were the things that were soloable had four times weakness and you had to do it with a weather boost. Yeah, that's why it was exciting. Yeah. And so that's that's cool. Difficult. Yeah. But it's not a good there's no actual reward. You just you have a feeling of satisfaction. Yep. Or a cool sylph badge in the case that won Venomoth challenge. Good lord. That was awesome. But yeah, really quick, just to kind of the close it out, Artemis Dragon, uh, if they were to include a local raid map in game, I like the I like the things you laid out. I think that would be great for it to work out in that way. And I think it probably would get more people out and about. But I think unless it was ridiculously nice and really lucrative, people will still prefer remote raiding in, in a lot of settings. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, Rare Candy XL in all in-person raids, not just Tier 5, is the is the easiest solution to encourage it to happen. I agree. I think that's brilliant. I would do Bell Sprouts if I could get a, a Rare Candy XL. I would too. Uh, but the problem arises in remote raiding will exist. That means that no matter what you do, you have undermined yourself because one person will be there in person and they will remote in fight five people. And that is enough to do the raid. So the one person gets the benefit and the five people remote. Those five people are going to remote regardless if you're inviting the right people. Yeah, but that's just including more people. But this is implying that you're going to get more people in person in general versus the one person showing up. Because the one person who shows up doesn't need to communicate with six other people in person to do the Mm -hmm. raid. They need to communicate with themselves and their discord. I think in-person raiding is probably going to be mostly the most popular during events like GoFests and community days and things like that. Honestly, I think that's kind of just where we're headed indefinitely. (laughs) Hmm. But anyway, Artemis Dragon, thank you so much for the well-written, well-thought-out email. And I hope our subsequent 15 minutes of discussion uh, was satisfactory. (laughs) There was a lot of cool stuff to talk about. So thank you for that. Next email is from Paul BD. And they said, Dear Chris, Kyle, Fish, and DeFi-E, last week someone called you Podcasting's Elite Four, which got me wondering, if you were actually an Elite Four member, what Pokemon would comprise your team of five? What Pokemon would comprise your team of five? The only caveat I'm placing in is that they have to be a Pokemon you own in Go. Shiny vibes all, blah, 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 something about a long email, Paul (laughs) BD. All right. Uh, First off, I was all ready, and then you had to add that last line, and you just 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 rip my heart out. Gengar, 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 no, Gengar, no. Gengar. <laughs> I got four. Like, I got four hundred Gengars. So anyway, Agatha two point Agatha two point. <laughs> <laughs> well, you didn't say that. You were gonna say. <laughs> uh, would you also have a crush on Professor Oak? Uh, no, I don't think so. Oh, okay. That said, my the the thing that that really pulls the rug out for me was I was going to say my ace was, would be Aegislash, but mm. I, can't, I, can't do that. I can't be Will Wickram. I think that was the name of the Elite Four who had Aegislash. He was a dude in a suit of night armor. The only reason I know that is because he has Aegislash and Pokemon Masters and he's oh. a four star, so he's a garbage character, so I can't oh. use one of my favorite Pokemon. <laughs> oh, how dare they? Yeah. Um, only own them in go huh okay 
Does the mega need to be out and go? Can it be mega not in go? <laughs> uh, I think if you own it in go, that's fine. Okay, well, I got to have Gengar. And if we're going to have a mega, it would probably be mega Gengar just because mad love. Of course. So many of my favorite Pokemon aren't in go yet. <laughs> that would fit. Um, I've got mine. You need some time? Yeah, go ahead. All right. So it's a team of five. I'm going to lead with my ace. Um, although, oh, actually, there, there's additional rules, right? We're not allowed to have mythicals or legendaries, right? I, th- I think, yeah, you're elite four, not champion. So I'd say no, no mythical legendary. Okay. I was going to include Genesect, but I, I, I guess that makes sense. My ace will be Caesar. Um, g- discount Genesect. I will also have a Galvantula. I will also have an Armaldo and a uh, Heracross. Hopefully, that I could Mega when that does come out. And and uh, Yan Mega. Okay, okay, Yan Mega, huh? Mm-hmm. I love Yan Mega, dude. Yeah, I've come to the conclusion that while I really, really love bug Pokemon, my favorite bug Pokemon uh, like of the bunch are almost always like bug flying. I know Caesar is steel bug, but Scyther is bug flying. And I love flying Pokemon in general. So Yen Mega and Scyther are kind of like buddies in that way. Butterfree too, but whatever. We don't need to talk about Butterfree. <laughs> okay. Gengar for me is a given. I wouldn't lead with it because Gengar is too squishy. Can't get can't get stuck like that. It would definitely be Mega Gengar for sure. Although I really do like a couple of other Megas hmm. that would be included. Malamar. It's not a ghost type. It's a dark type. But there's a there's a similar theming there. I think it's I think it's OK. I'm a huge fan of, of Malamar. It's like an honorary degree. Uh, yeah. a ghost I, Pokemon. <laughs> I, I think if an elite four walked up to you and said they were a ghost trainer and they threw out like a couple of dark types, you wouldn't be too surprised. Yeah, or you'd be like, oh, I understand and appreciate the Malamar for some type coverage, so this is challenging. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> Grigus, just mm-hmm. massive love for that Pokemon. Great Pokemon. Alolan Marowak. Mm-hmm. That was three, right? That's three or four. That's four. That's four. That's four, so I need one more. <sighs> is Gengar your ace? Gengar is my ace, yes. Okay. Definitely. Okay. Okay, and this this one's just for for the fun of it because there's a little bit of crossover Shedinja. Yeah, lead lead with Shedinja. Ah, oh, I kind of want a Shedinja on my team. That would be so cool. <laughs> it only works one time. It only works the first time the trainer ever fights you. But man, is it going to get them? Oh yeah, I would be like, are you kidding me right now? <laughs> Should have bought the the Prima guide. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, that's a deep cut now, isn't it? They don't have yeah, those yeah, anymore. No, oh, no. my gosh. I've got a Brady Games uh, guide for Pokemon Stadium oh, right yeah, behind I, me I on this that. show. I see that. It's great. <laughs> anyway, Paul BD, thank you for that very, very fun question. Next email is from Tyrion. They said, why do you guys have a Wisconsin area code? I know you claim to not like sports, but are you closeted Packer fans? I know DeFi is a Packers fan. Does she host in-person tournaments? I've kind of been getting the itch to compete against real people live. Love the podcast. Keep up the great work. Always get excited to see it pop up in my podcast feed. Thank you for all that you do. 
So we have a Wisconsin area code because when I signed up for the Google Voice number, they were out of Chicago area codes. And Wisconsin's close, you know, whatever. Chris is like 20 minutes from Wisconsin. I, it's fine. I'm 20 minutes from the border. I'm I'm basically much like Malamar is an honorary ghost type. I'm an honorary cheesehead. Um, <laughs> I know you claim to not like sports, but are you closet of Packer fans? No, I no. indeed do not like sports and do not have a favorite team. Kyle? I have no qualms against sports. I like sports. I don't like football. Hard no against football. So I have no I have no care for the Packers. I have no love for the Bears <laughs> either, though. So Okay. Okay. Yeah, from what I hear from all the other people that talk sports, I think that they don't deserve as much love this year. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Question mark implied. Oh man. Um, but uh DeFi E, I yeah, she's a Packers fan. I believe that's true. But I also don't think that she hosts in-person tournaments. Uh she participates in a lot of part uh, in a lot of tournaments online and in online groups and of course the the sylph uh things, just like everybody else does. But I don't think we have anybody hosting local tournaments in Wisconsin, I'm sorry to say. But I definitely feel that itch about competing against real people live. I'm not a big battler, but when I was battling, it was because it was the in-person stuff. The first regionals for Sylph that we had locally, I qualified for by some fluke and went and it was at a brewery and I had a great time. (laughs) You had a great time because it was at a brewery. No, I had one beer and that's the first time I met DeFi E in person um, and a bunch of other people there. It was really cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you so much for the email. The next email is from Michael and Parker. They said, hey, Chris and Kyle, first of all, love the podcast. My eight-year-old son and I listen every week. We just celebrated our one-year anniversary playing Pokemon Go. I originally downloaded it on my phone for him, but as I was testing the game out, I quickly became hooked. Now we enjoy (laughs) going out whenever we can and playing it together. It's become a great bonding experience. We've even got his mom and little sister playing, so now it's a family thing. I've been wanting to write in for some time, but most of my questions are answered during the podcast. But I do have one question, or rather clarification. I always hear everyone going on about XL Candy, but I believe it's a level 40 thing, and I'm currently 37. Can you all shed some light on XL Candy and the best way to acquire it so I'm ready to go once I hit 40? I've set my goal for level 40 by the end of this year, which will be a good accomplishment for a free-to-play casual player. I know I could easily just look the Excel info up online, but this gave me a good excuse to write. Sorry, this email was a little short. Shiny vibes (laughs) to all, Michael and Parker. (laughs) You guys. (laughs) Careful, you're going to kill Chris. I love I love it. I just love like the communal dedication to the memes. Yeah, you know, it's good. Yeah, Shiny, good. Shiny Vibes was was eaten alive. Uh, sorry for the long email is is I love it. It's funny. It's really yeah. funny. I'm really happy we're past Kit Kats, though. I got to admit that you want to break the bad news to him, Kyle, or shall I? Yeah, why don't you go ahead? All right. You can't start accumulating XL candy until you hit level 40, unfortunately. Now, Kyle and I have made arguments in the past about how it would be so much easier for people if you accumulated them in the background and you were suddenly given them, you know, like uh, you paid rent for your mom to live in her apart- her basement until you moved out <laughs> and then she gave you all that money back. Like, you know how that classic story goes. Mm-hmm. Something like that would be great. Unfortunately, that's not the case. And you have to hit 40 first and then start accruing XL candy. Good news is most Pokemon are pretty gush- dang usable at level 40 so 
you, yeah. you'll be good. You don't need level 50 Pokemon in order to do even the highest level stuff in this game. So don't feel too left out. It's just it extends the game's life cycle for you personally. And that said, once you do hit 40, there, there is no secret to getting XL candy. There's a couple of tweaks you can do, but you just going to have to catch once you get there. The rate you get XL candies varies based on the level of the Pokemon you're catching and on the level of the Pokemon that you transfer when you transfer it eventually. So there's a couple of stuff you can do to refine your gameplay when you get to that point that you can look up because I don't know the exact numbers, unfortunately. Neither do I. And it's not really the biggest worry if you are casual because your rate of XL candy is going to be very low. Just in general, even for someone who plays a good amount, it's still not that high. It's it exists for the dedicated players. Yes, it's something for them to chew on so that they don't get overboard with the game. But I will also say, like, if you play a community day for like one hour and there's no increased Excel rates like there has been for the past couple of ones, let's just pretend it was one of those six hour community days that we were having. Let's pretend it's Swablu Day. And you only were able to play for one hour and you caught 80 Swablu because you were, you know, catching at a decent rate or whatever. Not as hard as you could have gone, but you certainly weren't not trying. If you transfer all of those Swablu, except for one, obviously, and you get XL candy from the transfer in addition to the XL candy you got during that community day, you'll probably have enough to level up a Swablu or Altaria, preferably past level 40 maybe to like 42 and a half, maybe 43. And that's already a nice little boost. It doesn't have to get all the way up to 50. You'll still be able to make like a good chunk of it in a small amount of time and concentrated play. Community day is just a good example. Agreed. The community day is the easiest um, casual example for sure. Mm -hmm. And like, even if you go hardcore on a, a community day, the rates are pretty low. You could not even get to level 50 from one of them. So don't beat yourself up over it if it feels like it's not necessarily working out. I know that I've been there a lot. All right. Well, thank you, Michael and Parker. Appreciate the email and uh, good luck hitting hitting 40 by the end of the year. You, you got this. You can absolutely do it. Next email is from Justin. They said, hello, GoCast Chris and GoCast Kyle and insert special guest host here. Not this week. No. Maybe soon, though. I'm hoping next week. I think we have a plan. I think plans sometimes fall through. You know, that's true. <laughs> Mitch, that was not personal. <laughs> <laughs> or, or was it? <laughs> <laughs> bum, bum, bum. I am pleased to announce that I finally hit level 50 today. Many people have asked me, why aren't you level 50 yet? Surely you have enough experience. Cough. Dad. Cough. So it's another, <laughs> another person on our discord, I believe. Well, simple answer. I do not enjoy PvP at all. And that requirement was a tough gate to get through to hit level 50. Thanks to Kelv Drinks Custard for all the assistance and everyone who did raids with me. Strictly going by experience, I'm 35% of the way to hitting 176 million a second time. Oh, oh my gosh. My lord, Justin. Curious how long it will take. Anyway, on another note... Has anyone asked Calvin about his Charger Bug themed cat mansion he has been building? What? 
I think it's supposed to be a secret, but in the day and age of social media, nothing is a secret anymore. I really hope he starts a cat and Pokemon themed Instagram soon. I'd be a follower. Oh my gosh. Anyway, can't wait for the Minneapolis meetup. Hopefully Mitch will have a physical shiny vibes because they haven't been with me lately. Maybe he can store some in a mason jar. I don't know. I'm no vibes expert. Not sure how that works. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Um, I am a little upset. Kelvin, that you've been holding out on us, man. A chargeable themed cat mansion. How, (laughs) how have I not been on the first, the first name on the listserv that gets that email, those updates. Come on, dude. (laughs) That sounds awesome. Yeah, and also, that's a lot of experience, Justin. Holy cow. Yeah, I think we could say that. That's a lot of experience. Yeah, I think that's a lot. I think that's a lot. You're you're like level 50 times 1.5, 1.4 at this point, basically. My total experience right now is 132, almost 133 million. Holy Lord. I'm so far behind you, man. I I think I'm at like seventy million, something like that. I, 20, I need like four million more to level forty five. You know what I've been saying all year, Kyle? Twenty twenty six is going to be your year. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I will. It's too much experience. I'm not interested in the experience grind. If I wanted to, if I buckled down and just did friendships, I could probably get the experience I needed by the end of the year. That would oh, take yeah. a lot of work. That would take a lot of work though. And prove it's not it. it's not a dedication I'm I'm No, nah, I don't believe you. I think you gotta prove it. I would need to actively send like a hundred gifts a day on top of opening the 30. Five hundred best friends of summer. That sounds Awful, <laughs> awful. Worst experience I could have possibly. I couldn't think of a worst experience. That's that's actually your worst event ever in Pokemon Go. Is a self-imposed five hundred best that's friends. Like five hundred raids a summer nowadays wouldn't be very hard. No, it'd be very easy. It was. I'd, it I'd was something. Like Twelve hundred raids a summer or something. Uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't have to. Do, a lot, man. A lot of that was like taking long routes home and hitting up gyms and seeing if they had raids and keep my fingers crossed. Ugh, what a time <laughs> to be alive. Anyway, uh, Justin, we're also very excited for the Minneapolis meetup. Very excited to meet you in person. Uh, I'll ask Mitch to bring some physical shiny vibes. I'm not so sure if he has a mason jar, um, but I could bring one for him and we could transfer <laughs> them into that somehow. I don't know. I'll, I'll get in touch with them and ask, but Thank you very much for your email. And that brings us to the end of the show. If you, dear listener, would like to send us an email, just like these fine folks did, you can to mail at gocastpodcast.com. You can also leave us a voicemail by calling 262-586-7717. And you can leave us a voicemail. We'll we'll play it on the show. It's a good time. Uh, visit our website for GoCast. Visit our website for all things GoCast Podcast. That's gocastpodcast.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at GoCastPodcast. Uh, you can find us on other social media platforms, but don't. Uh, we're not active. Twitter's where it's at. Didn't you hear the word? Bird's the word. <sighs> That's right. Uh, you can help support us on Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash GoCastPodcast. And if you uh, support us at the minimum of $1 a month or ten eighty for 12 months, because it gives you a little discount if you do it a year at a time, you get access to our best benefit, which is patron discord access and it should be automatic although sometimes the bot breaks so if you sign up shoot me an email (laughs) something like that 
but shout outs to our elite trainer tier patrons who make this show possible. Thank you to Cyprian, Bo, Daniel, Zekwak, or Andrew, Lori, Michael, Ozzy, Ted, Tish, Ben, Marvin, and Mimi. Sports or Hisui and Ryan, you take your pick of poison. Thayer, Jason, Charles, and Modders. Thank you very, very much for your generous support of the show. Uh, we appreciate you very, very much uh, for helping us keep the digital lights on and all that good stuff. If monetary support is not in the cards for you, not a good idea, or you have already done so but are looking for another avenue to help us out even further, you can by leaving us a review on any podcasting platform that you might find us on that has review infrastructure. But I think that's pretty much it, which means that, Kyle, man, you and I, we got to set some goals before we skedaddle. And this weekend is Stuffle Community Day. Mm -hmm. And just a reminder, everybody, if you're in the Chicago area, Kyle and I will be at the Maggie Daly Park Niantic Meetup. And I'm working on a Sylph Road badge for us. You might be able to check in with us and get a GoCast badge. And if you're at that event, you'll be one of the first people to ever get one, which is very cool. (laughs) So having said that, Kyle, what are your goals for this week? All right. Got to complete the collection challenge for sustainability week. 20 shiny stuffle, which is pretty high for a three hour event. I'm hoping uh, to get lucky. All things considered. Catch experience. Let's go. Oh, thank God. Okay. All right. Uh, I'm going to say um 1.2 million experience i don't know what this the excellent throw is going to look like it could be we could be a swine up situation here in which case please no it's probably going to be more like 400,000 experience hanky please (laughs) hanky no (laughs) i don't want that experience let's not run that back please we can run it back but move the pig up yeah please just a little bit like a foot two maybe ten I think that's it for my goals. Okay, so I've got a collection challenge for sustainability week for you. 20 shiny stuffle and 1.2 million experience because of that three times sweet, sweet catch experience bonus this weekend. Yep. Alrighty. For me, I want to walk 25 kilometers, which should be pretty easy. Anytime we go down to Chicago, I end up walking twice that anyway. Uh, Collection challenge. I also want to finish up 20 shiny stuffle as well, just because I think it'd be kind of fun if we had the same goal this time. And 1.5 million experience, because I've got some people close to popping for ultras and best. So it should be a lucrative week for me, experience-wise. But that's it. Kyle, I think we're done. We are. Yeah. And even though we had half of the stuff to cover this week, it took just as long. (laughs) (laughs) All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. And if you listened all the way through, special thank you for doing that. Uh, And we'll see you in the next episode, 189. Until then, shiny vibes, good luck. Stop the community today. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.